the Cavaliers take four out of five from the Boston Celtics. I disagree. I don't know if they win the series. I really don't. But I'm not sitting here. It's 0-2. There's no way LeBron and company come back in this series and win it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if 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 they were to win the next two in Cleveland, you're back at 0-0, and you have a best of three in front of you. So it's very possible. If they tie it up, I think, honestly, now the momentum's with you. Because yes. now Boston is like, Jesus, we were up 2-1. We, can't, we couldn't pull one of these games in Cleveland? You would, you would, I, would, I would definitely agree with you at that point. It becomes like, you know, you've, you've, you've shown what you're capable of. You've shown why you now, are who you are. Do you buy into the momentum? Because that, the, the, I saw that after game two when people saw the schedule. They were like, "Oh my God, we got three days until in, until Game Three. Now, like that's going to mess with the Celtics' momentum. Now, it, that's pro Cavs. Do you buy into that? Um, I think it's a thing, but I don't necessarily think it's the biggest." factor in an equation. I mean, like, if you're a good team that's, you know, well-coached and well-conditioned, I think you have the capabilities to overcome a momentum shift. So that's the whole thing is, like, I think Boston's both of those things. So, like, I don't necessarily view that as, oh, three days, everything's fine. If if you're everything's fine guy right now, you're crazy. You are. Well, I've been saying since the playoffs started, people kept telling me they're going to be fine. And I have been saying this forever. What does fine mean? Now, if if you're like Fantone and fine is they made it competitive, they're making deep playoff runs, and we're happy with that, then that then they are fine. You are right. Then they are fine. But if fine is we're going to go to the NBA Finals and we're going to make it a fight, I think you're wrong. I really do. Now, Houston won last night and looked like in pretty dramatic fashion. I didn't yeah. watch the game, but I know I looked at the final score and that never really telling of games, especially with the three pointer. Things can get out of hand, you know, early. But I don't think we make it that competitive with them. Now, Steph was bad last night, according to the box score. Like, I, again, I didn't see the game and it doesn't always, the box score doesn't always really tell you the tone of the game and all that. But according to everything I'm reading, Steph was not great. No, he wasn't. And I guess that's the strength of being on a team where you have four dudes who can go out there and score prolifically yeah, is that nice, one right? of you guys can have an off night. And I mean, I think, you know, whether it's LeBron or Kevin Love or, or any number of other Cavaliers as fans, we've definitely seen that guys are capable of having off nights. And that's why you need multifaceted teams that are able to go out there. And like I said, have guys that can score multiple guys that can score 20 plus points in any given night. And you have a recipe for success when you're waiting on one dude to score 50, it's a lot harder. See, I worry what's going to happen is not worry. This is what I think is going to happen. I think Houston actually ends up making this a little bit of a series. And LeBron sits there over the summer and goes, they're really close. And I'm the best player there is. And if I go Kevin Durant this thing, we beat them. And now I have beaten this team that everybody's calling a dynasty now twice. You know what I mean? And and for a title. And I think I've, I've been saying, I said since before the season, I think Houston is where it makes sense. He likes veteran smart players. He gets Chris Paul in Houston. One of, honestly, one of the best point guards the league has seen in a long, long time. They're really, really good friends. Harden's a great pull up shooter, can also finish at the rim. You can, I just, I think he gets a lot of stuff. He gets Daryl Morey, a really good GM there. I, I, 
I just think Houston's the right fit. The only thing I'm going to say about that is if he's Money. going to, he's, yep, if he's going to go for a max contract, it's not possible. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you from a perspective of like, boy, that would be fun to play with, and like I would win a championship there, and like, man, this would, this is where, this is what I want to do. But if you're going for 35 plus million dollars, they can't offer it to you. I worry that what's going to happen now is he's gone for the max contract enough times, and he's got enough money that what he's going to do now is go. You know what? Am I going to take less money and a non-max contract to? Say a Cavalier? No. Why the hell would I? But am I willing not to do it to win another title? Maybe. I don't know. He has been resistant to do it. I um. But for a title, maybe. I just go back to, and I, I just think it's it's the best way when you start talking about numbers like this and the frustrations of like, well, some guys are willing to take cuts, other guys aren't. I just I just wish all sports were baseball, dude. Just give them, if, just give these dudes whatever money you want. I don't care if, if every title's bought. Give give them the money. What difference does it make to me? Hundred million dollars a year. It's your money. You do what you want with it, bro. I mean, nobody's really running away with it in baseball. Like they're just opening up the wallet, you know what I mean, and paying that much more and just dominating the sport. Right. I mean, there's. Because that's know. the fear, right? Is like, well, if you just make it about guys who are willing to spend money, now only like four owners are going to do it. Everybody else, but, but that's where we're at with basketball. But nobody's any good, right? And I was going to say, but aren't 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 all these guys already spending money? These dudes, these uh, pro sports owners are already billionaires, like ca- coughing this cash up. I don't understand why we get so worked up of like, oh, well, Dan Gilbert, he's going to spend like, dude, spend it all. I don't care. Well, I think initially when they first started it, they were fearful that smaller market teams wouldn't be able to compete financially, and so you do it to level out the playing field. I just don't know if that's the world we live in anymore. We've got huge stars playing in not-so-big markets. We've got not only huge stars, but huge owners. I mean, Jimmy Haslam, multi-billionaire. It's not like this dude just scraping by to own the Browns off the case of, like, oh, well, I really love football. Dan Gilbert, multi-billionaire. You know what I'm saying? These dudes, it's no longer, like... Well, you know, boy, a team in Milwaukee or like, you know, the Jaguars are just never going to have an owner that's willing to do it because those dudes are all. Well, the TV money is what changed it all. Like these teams make so much money in TV money now that I don't think you have to worry about that anymore. And that if I I think, honestly, you know who it helps is is it helps the fan because you'll know right away. If we get rid of salary caps in sports, you would know right away how serious your organization was about winning. You would know. Because they would have no more excuses. Like, everybody would go out there and get you five max players. And the teams that didn't, you would know. They're in it just to cash the checks of being sports owners. And, guys, the, the NFL's got, what, 32 teams? Not all those guys are out to win rings. But to me, it's like, if 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 you've got those five max players and you've got a championship contending team... You're still in it to cash the checks because your checks are getting bigger. bigger. That's the incentive. Is that like once you have a championship caliber team, and you can, I mean, the Cavaliers are just a, a, a prime example of this, where it's like when LeBron's on the team, they're selling jerseys, they're selling out tickets, they're selling out merchandise, they're doing all that. As soon as he leaves, the Cavaliers are worthless. You know what I'm saying? So every team's going to have the incentive. If you want a bigger piece of the pie, or you want that piece to get bigger, grow it. Get a, get a, a you know a franchise player. That draft pick coming in at number eight. I think solidified it all. Meaning, dude, it's not going to be anywhere near a big enough piece to get them to stay, or is it a big enough piece to send somewhere to get somebody to come back to make them stay? You can combine it with stuff and talk about the salaries, and maybe they'll be able to make something happen, but you're right, dude. At the end of the day, what were they doing? What was Dan Gilbert doing? The concept of, oh, we better hold on to this for when LeBron leaves. We can rebuild around the number 8 draft. What are you talking about? So you were always, before the trade deadline, I didn't remember where you were. Get rid of the pick and let's get 
get help now. The only time, the only season that matters is this season. This is the only, what else is, or the future, who cares about the future, dude? The future is non-existent at this point. They should have got rid of that when it still had a possibility to be a top three draft pick, for sure. You know what I found annoying yesterday about the national sports media is they were talking Everything. about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> but they were talking about it and they said, you know, you, you know, the Cavaliers keep talking about their future and they said, you know what your future is? It's exactly what it was before you got LeBron. Destitute, nothing. It, it, middle, you know what I mean? Like, we were this nothing team, and it's like, dude, those teams in the 80s were pretty good. Yeah, I think people definitely, it's revisionist history, and because they got, you know, steamrolled by, by Michael Jordan, I think the Cavs of that era were very easy to brush well, then, to the side. Well, then you got to figure out about the rest of the NBA in that era. Well, yes, though. But and I we mean, do like, kind of do. That though, is I true. Guess. That we is 100% do. true. You had a lot, of, a lot of very good talent in the NBA at that time that just like, whatever, those dudes Dan suck. Dan Marley, he was um, good. But... Those those teams were arguably a top five team in the NBA at that yeah. point. So like, but to be a top five team in any one given year, two given years of an NBA season, it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily. And then you look at the dark days from when Mark Price hung it up to you know LeBron James and that that wasteland of of of, of basketball. And there, I don't fault dudes for looking back on the Cavs and being like, God, you guys suck. Well, especially when you're a national sports guy, dude, and you know what I mean. Like this percentage of your audience is from Ohio and the rest of the people are like everybody else. They forgot. Much like, dude, it's like everybody would have said the same thing about the Houston Rockets before this, you know, Chris right. Paul, James Harden thing. And it's like, well, dude, they had Akeem Olajuwon. They had Clyde right. Drexler. They had Sam Cassell played there a while. You know, Kenny Smith played there. I mean, there was, you know, they, they had some really good teams back in the day. So, yeah, th- that same thing happens. It's just, I I don't know, man. Like, w- when I saw it coming in at number eight, I was like, that's not enough. It's not a big enough draft number to pull in a stud to stay, and it's definitely not enough to, uh, you know what I mean? It's not enough to move it. It's not enough to get a guy that's coming out of this draft that's going to make him go, all right, well, I'll stay here. Maybe we'll get this version of this out of there. No rookie is. I don't care who you're bringing in. A year one player, if you're a year 16 player, dude, I don't got time for that. I don't. I like, I'm like. i glad. I'm happy for the future of the game, but I don't have time for it. I don't care if it's number one. That's why I don't really agree with everybody saying it's Philly. I think Philly is still a little too young. I think it's probably interesting to him, but it I don't think Philly's going to end up being the pick. I still say I think he's a Houston Rocket. More Sansbury Show after your shot at this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, and I am pumped up today. I actually buried the lead first break of the program. Right. I, uh, I got great news yesterday. What happened? Now, I don't always do this because I believe they're bad, and ultimately they do nothing but lead to failure. But I stepped on the scale yesterday. Now, I don't even own one. I don't have one in my house. And I tell people all the time, if you're going to enter into the weight loss thing, dude, you're not going to see results till about a, after about a month and a half in. You go home every day and you step on that scale. You don't see that number you know, fall off or fall off as far as you think it should for how hard you've been working. It just creeps into your mind that you're not doing it right. And next thing you know, you're off message. You're off game and they break you. Scales break you. If you're trying to lose weight, go home, take that scale, throw it out. It's the worst thing in the world. My, my old trainer would always say this. Stansberry, your clothes and the mirror are going to tell us everything we need to know. Why do you got to step on that thing? It's only going to break you. But I was a little curious yesterday because of how many people have said to me over some of the posts I've made on Instagram, which by the way, Dan.Sansbury is where you find that. 
were like, geez, dude, lost some weight. So I was just very curious. Now, I did it after the workout, which is what you're not supposed to do because you will be a little bit thinner then. But, dude, I'm seven pounds away from my goal. When I started this, I was 260. I weighed in at 264 at a friend's house, which is disgusting. No guy should be that big. That's crazy. Um, not no guy. There are people, you know, different body styles. A guy like me should not be that size. That's crazy. That's just pure gluttonous. I can't stop eating things. I'm addicted to the spoon. That's what got us there. My goal was 225. I was 219 when this show started about four years ago. My goal was 225. I'm at 231 and a half right now. Yeah, the 219 wasn't healthy decisions. That was Stansbury just being poor and not having any money. No money. (laughs) No money. That wasn't like him. Like, oh, boy, you were healthy. No, No, that was him poor. Dude, well, I mean, gout's called the king's disease for a reason. It's, you know what I mean? It's gluttony is what does that. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, you don't just, you just don't, I don't have gout. I think my boss might have it. But, uh, but <laughs> so I, diagnosing here. Okay. Well, I, I mean, did you see him pulling, <laughs> pu- pulling his ankle down the hallway the other day? And that's normally how my brother's got gout. Pulling his ankle and pulling pork, dude. That's all the guy does. Right? Jeez, <laughs> like, just pulling sandwiches out of bags. <laughs> it's what he does. He's like, he, yeah, he's, he's the chubby magician. That's what he is. <laughs> Just making stuff disappear. Um, well, uh, first and foremost, congratulations on uh, striving towards the goals. There, I think a big thing that people forget is when they when they you know use use the scale as like the one and only thing about like, well, am I fat or not? Is that muscle weighs more than fat? So like, if you're working out, if you're lifting weights, it's not crazy to think that like hey, you should I'm, be getting thinner and your weight should be staying the same right i'm getting i'm getting stronger right. i'm getting healthier i'm just not getting any like lighter because i mean like that's you know at the end of the day nobody can look at you and see like oh my gosh that guy weighs 235 pounds no. nobody can tell that they can tell you look healthier or not so like yeah i mean that's the i don't think you know I get your point of like, especially if you're checking it every day, that can break you. If once a week or you know, once every two weeks, you're like, hey, I just want to check in and see where this is. No, it's, yeah, it's a part of the of the healthy you know life. Yeah, but- I, I, it could work the other way. Like if you are that dedicated and you're going that far, then y- 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 seeing the results on it could help you. It's just pounds don't it, they don't really fall off of you the way you think you do first of all it drops off of you head to toe and so it starts there and it kind of goes down that way so you're not necessarily what i'm saying is you could see massive mirror results and your body will, your scale will tell you it's five pounds. I think that's especially true if it reshifts. If you're in the, I, like you were, like where I need to lose 25 pounds as opposed to 250 pounds. Sometimes people watch The Biggest Loser or whatever and like, oh my God, dude, that person lost 78 pounds in two weeks. And it's like, well, dude, when you're 450 pounds, losing 78 pounds, right. you can do it. Like, well, dude, if you're overweight, I tell people this all the time, the first 15 pounds are easy. Like those are really easy because stop drinking pop. Yeah, just stop. You know, stop drinking sugar. Work out just a little bit. Those first fifteen are super fast. It's when your body plateaus the first time, and then it's like, oh yeah, dude, we we've seen you're at the gym. You're not eating sugar. Nice trick, dude. What's next? What's behind all this? But dude, when I saw that number, like again, I, I weighed myself at the gym. I don't even have a scale in my house. I won't even put one in my house. I like I did. I dude, your boy was walking like chest out all day yesterday. <laughs> the only thing in like I, you know, I think you'll be okay with this, but I think people run into this problem is you look at a finish line and you're going to be like, "All right, so now I'm down to 230 or 225, or whatever I said I was going to be at. I'm done." Well, you know what I mean? Like that's a very easy mindset to get into right Oh, there. last night my thing was to get tacos. Like eat you know what I mean? You know, let's go get Macho Nacho right down the street. Yeah. I mean, it does. It creeps in your head. Delicious. Because it tells you, look, you can do this. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? And you do got to eat occasionally. You can't just restrict everything. And so I, I, but I did over the weekend. Like I had a couple of those over the weekend. So I was like, dude, you can't do this in the middle of the week. Yeah. For as much as like, I think when people are dieting, they get into this mindset of like food is only for nutrition and this, you know, body to, to give me fuel and stuff no, like that. It's not true. Sometimes dude, it is for celebration it and is. it is for feeling good about something or it is to like comfort you or whatever it is. As long as you don't turn that into that's all that it is, is to entertain me or are to make me feel better about myself because it's okay to use that every now and then eat those nachos eat that taco yeah it just it's just what happens is you start leaning on it you start you know what i mean and you become addicted to this actually a woman who listens to the show her name is michelle was reaching out and asked me a lot about this yesterday via facebook she was like look i kind of want to get back started and i just don't know what to do and i'm a little worried and you know this and that so i started like walking her through it and i said what you're going to realize she, she asked me what i eat and what i don't and, I, you know, again, I'll reiterate quickly. I'm on about 1,900 to 2,100 calories a day. Um, very, very, very little sugar. I'm very staunch on that. I actually, you got to look up all the different names of sugar because they creep it into everything now. Um, but I'm off that, off bread, off pasta. I work out about four to five days a week. And, you know, primarily my diet is, is mostly protein shake based, right? And she said to me, she goes, man, that sounds like a lot of stuff to give up. And I said to her, I was like, you know what? Like At the beginning when I gave it up, you're right. It did. It felt like a lot. Three months in, I don't really miss that kind of stuff. Now, I miss pizza because I haven't had it at all. Like I, I had said, I was like, even on cheat meal days, I'm not doing the pizza thing because it always breaks me. I love pizza. It's my favorite food ever. Um, and I'm waiting on my birthday. The 25th, dude, I'm getting pizza, going to see the solo movie, and dude, I'm having like the best day ever. Like, so that, that will happen. It's hard, but it was nice to see that yesterday because of how much restricting I've done, how, you know, dedicated I've tried to be. And like those nights when you're starving and you're just like, dude, I should just break and you don't. And when you actually see the result happening, it is so, so fulfilling. And I say this all the time is that life gives you very few chances at pure achievement anymore. As a matter of fact, your boss doesn't even want you achieving it where you work anymore because then they got to pay you more. And then you're irreplaceable. Everybody wants you at moderate, don't do much, don't achieve things. Everybody kind of wants you stay and put now. Life, we've taken achievement out of life. You can You can pay a trainer, but they can't lift it for you, right? So when you do it, you have done it, and there is a sense of accomplishment that comes with that that I think is being robbed of us in every other aspect of life, and the gym has given it to me, and it feels good. It, like The self-esteem that comes with it, honestly, it's worth what I pay for that gym membership three, four-fold for sure. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069 710. You'll get hooked up with another $1,000. 9 o'clock. Fantone's going to fanboy out because we're going to run down WWE salaries. Ooh. I like it. I could not believe some of those salaries. WWE's doing good financially right now, dude. They're doing well. Vince knows what he's doing. I don't get it at all, but he does know how to promote the hell out of it. Speaking of Vince, uh, the the rumors and the murmurings, and maybe it's just because it's a little bit off now, but the XFL talk kind of lost traction, and I haven't heard about it recently, and it's just like, is this still going to happen or no? Because I don't know if it's going to happen. Oh, my God. You're right. I completely forgot about that. It was like, dude, XFL, and then everyone shut up about it. Now, maybe there's just, you know, things happening behind the scenes, and like, well, what do you expect? Them to be building a stadium or something? I don't know. 
Interesting. I wonder what does happen with that. Now, you posted something the other day that has angered me. (laughs) Now, I'm angry about it. I am. Now, here's the thing. I am not angry at you. Okay. This is not a, uh, like, secretly here, let's just, you know, throw Fantone underneath the bus at 645. That's not what's happening. Okay. But you, you posted something that I didn't really think about day of very much at all. But now it sat with me for, like, two days. And I can't get past it. Because I did a little bit more legwork on my own, and I found out that it was local. For those of you, let me, let me tell everybody what's going on here. So Fantone posted a picture, and again, you can follow him on Twitter, at Fantone is how you do that. I'm at Stansbury Show. It's how you find me. Very original guys over here. Yeah. (laughs) Thought it through. Made it hard. Made it hard. Right? But you posted a billboard of a musician, rapper, about new music coming out. Right. This guy's name is, what was it? Fiji Macintosh. So it's two apples slammed together. <laughs> like, what on earth, dude? I understand. When you come up with names, like, what are we going to name this band? I don't know. Modest Mouse. What are we going to name it? Radiohead. I don't know. What are we going to name it? Shinedown. Who knows? But Fiji Macintosh. What? Buddy, he missed the mark and should have went with Granny Smith. Those are the best <laughs> apples there are. What are you doing? What are you doing? delicious. Dude, that would be the whole squad, right? You could all be a different apple. Like, you could all have a different, like, dude, Red Delicious of... would have been a great name. A really good name right there. So this guy, we find out, is a Canton rapper. Yeah. Now, the billboard that I took a picture on is on West Tusk. I've seen one on Fulton, and I've seen one, I think it was on Cleveland, like Cleveland in like 30th or something like that. So these billboards throughout the town right now. I mean, dude, it's not even like this is Stolly. This is like the Fiji Macintosh. Right. I mean, at least with Stolly, like that's Maybach music is behind him. He's got like a a record label behind him. I think Fiji Macintosh is just out here hustling, bro. Yeah, I'm furious. And here's why I'm mad. I mean, dude, how many times do we got to be number one before somebody's like, dude, maybe we should promote this thing a little bit. Like, dude, like, so my point is this, is that the billboards are cheap enough where Fiji Macintosh can get it done. They're cheap enough where, where the two Apple rapper can get it done. But maybe telling people driving down West Tusk every day to check out the Stansbury show is probably a bad, I mean, dude, how is that a bad idea? Uh, what do you hear? I already know the answer to it. And if we went and we talked to our boss, right now and here's the, the, the deal what i'm saying is we can obviously <laughs> afford it what do you want what i heart what do you want how cheap do you gotta be tell me how much it is i'll buy it spoiler alert they own the billboards by the way so like don't even we'd be paying ourselves to put ourselves up there but it'd be fine um you but, know what they would do honestly what would they do? What would they do? <laughs> dude they would <laughs> never mind they would take money from another radio station to promote it before they would ever promote us for sure i um i uh i i definitely want to get some sort of connection with Fiji Macintosh, so I'm sure somebody listening right now has employed him at some point. Dude, I swear to God, if that kid, dude, I swear to God, if he freestyles on New Turn Tuesday, I'm out. Like, dude, I am, dude, I am, I am, I'm done. I'm, dude, Fiji Macintosh plays the Stansberry retirement party. Dude, how did this schmuck who doesn't know how to name himself come up with enough money to buy three billboards? I would tell you that, and what our boss would say to us is, "You're already number one." Why do I need to promote you more? Why? Why do why why would I need to keep putting your name out there? You're already number one. What, what am I doing this for? Fiji Macintosh, he's number seven. That's what he's gonna say. He's gonna be like, who the hell's Fiji Macintosh? Nobody knows that dude. 
dude, I'm trapped by my own success. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, I'm so goddamn talented, I can't get out of my own way. But that's the most counterproductive argument ever. ever. Spoiler alert, dude, McDonald's is number one. They sell more cheeseburgers than anybody. And you know why? And you know why? Because they never shut up about how good it is. And how they do every time you turn around, they're telling everybody all about it. Yes, that's absolutely right. Fiji McIntosh has two billboards in Canton, Ohio. Do you think he's like rapping about all sorts of Apple products and that's how he got the name? He's like, I'm such a baller. I got the iPhone 12. You know what I mean? Fiji McIntosh. I'm the Apple rapper. Dude, if he's got a Samsung in his pocket, <laughs> I'm smacking this kid around. You're shot at $1,000. Next on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out $1,000 here momentarily. Before we do... I don't really know how to position this next topic of conversation because I'm not going to issue an apology because I don't believe I should. Okay. But I am regretful over some things that have happened via our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the Stansbury show. Okay. We got off the air yesterday and a woman who listens to the show took a screenshot of something she saw on Facebook and sent it to me. Okay. And it was somebody bitching about me. Okay. Okay. Right? People always do that. They feel like, dude, have you seen this? It's about you. And it's like, sometimes I appreciate it. And sometimes I'm like, dude, I don't care. Right. But I, okay. And sometimes when I am being ultra opinionated, you got to realize what's happening is, is I'm giving you how I feel right now inside this conversation this very day. That sometimes I'm not giving you how I feel overall. I'm getting through a conversation. And like you, I have different moods, and that's going to change how I feel about things day to day. It's not necessarily, you know, you're a flip-flopper. It's like, no, dude, you feel differently about things certain days. Also, I'm on the radio, and I have to break through. My opinions have to, like, break all the way through. So you have to be then a little firmer in what you believe. And this is all around the vaping. And... Right. <laughs> right. Is that's the right response right there. All right. Here we go. Vape, okay. t- vape takes. Here we go. So when I'm telling people it looks like they're sucking on sex toys on street corners when they're vaping, that's just me like having a little fun with you. But something happens with radio listeners and where you take everything we say very personally if it should happen to be about something you do. Now I had always now this I thought this through yesterday. I had always been like, why would you do that? And of course the answer is, and I'm not trying to be egotistical, but of course the answer is, it's because you care about me. You can you do care what my opinion is, and you would care about what my opinion of you would be. And that is not something I should knock you for. That is not something I should be like, Jesus, why would you? No, 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 you should care. That's in, I'm that, I'm in the business of making you care. Yeah, it's a part of the relationship. It is. So I I'm mean- all for it. So essentially this woman had posted like she was unhappy. And again, I don't even think it was like the this last time we were talking about vaping. I think actually this post was from like a year ago. Jeez. And uh, so somebody had like saw it and like, you know, sent it to me or whatever. And I just posted it. And all and like, look, she says in there in her post, 
I'm fat and I'm miserable and I need to get laid. Which, by the way, guys, when I'm angry, it's not about the fact that I need to get laid. I have every social media platform in the world and my DMs are literally raining vagina in them. I It does not... I Dude, a lack of sex is not your boy's problem. Um, that's well, not the problem. Yeah, like a lot of things, uh, you know, Stansberry, or well, you know, sex comes in feast or famine and I feel like you have been feasting a lot recently. I feel it's, like every morning Stansberry's like, yo, dude, listen to this. I'm like, right, I'm, and honestly, I'm not even capitalizing on all of it because because honestly, there's so much of it where I'm just like, ugh, I just, I, I can't even. Too much, it. too, too much. much, dude. Your boy, I need a vagina umbrella right now. Like, dude, the DMs are like, dude, six feet deep. Dude, you want to talk about people who are getting pissed off for things you're saying on the radio? There are so many dudes right now. Yeah, well, so many dudes right now who want to strangle you. We'll do a crappy radio show, dude. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want me to tell you? So anyway, so like, she like attacks the crap out of me, right? Right. And I understand it's somebody just venting. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why I am not allowed then, if you post something publicly, why I am not allowed to post, then repost that and address it and say, and all I did was say is I don't understand why people get so mad about my opinion on vaping. Like, I don't get it. Right. And then what happens? Then people take over and start to comment. And the people who love you, who listen to you, who are never going to get offended by anything just because they're never going to take you that seriously, want to defend you. Right. And I get that. And there was this woman that was like, oh, my God, you need to apologize to her right now. It's so mean what you're doing. And I was like, "Okay, well, first of all, like she posted it publicly. So let's 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 clear some of this stuff up there. If you didn't want if if you didn't want anybody to have an opinion about what you did, you shouldn't have posted it publicly. Like that's okay. So that's that's rule number one. So I felt like that woman was an idiot and I didn't even really, you know, get down in the muck on that. But a friend of the woman who made the original post reached out to me while I was at the gym yesterday. And she was like, I know this was not your intention. It was not your intention to ruin somebody's day. She's like, I listen to you every morning. I know who you are. I know what, what, what you're really about. And she was like, but people are now attacking this woman. Like they're in, I was, she's like, are you even paying attention to what people are saying anymore? No. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> honestly, like once I left the building, I was like, no, no, not, no, not really. No, I'm at the gym. I'm probably at the golf range. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing stuff. I'm living my life, you know? And I felt bad because this woman who made this post does listen to us every day. She still listens. As a matter of fact, she got mad about a year ago over this vaping thing, but like a lot of other people realized a couple of days later, okay, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. I'm going back. I like them. They're cool. Whatever. And but her friend reached out and was like, and all she did was ask me, will you just delete the ability to comment on it? And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll go one further. I'm just going to take the post down. I, I was never out to hurt anybody, but I forget sometimes that people on the Internet have a, a much looser boundary than I will have or need to have. Like, dude, at some point, if a guy in my position gets too carried away, the company will step in and be like, dude, what are you doing here? These are right. our constituents, not yours. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, and so, like, but I forget that people who listen to you, they don't have any rules. They got no rules. And so, sure enough, I went back and I read some of the comments. And there's a very big difference, by the way, of saying to somebody, Jesus, lady, lighten up. Take a joke. There's a very big difference in that. And you're a stupid C word that can't do this, you snowflake C word. And, like, there's a difference in those things. There are. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. Presentation matters. Yeah, and I mean, people are quick to go to the jugular online because there is you're not going to get blood on you. You know what I'm saying? Right. In a real conversation, you're not going to do that because it's like, oh my God, dude, I can't, I, you know, but online, people just 100% have no filter. Um, it is so unlike me to go back and take a post down like that. True. It is so li- It is so unlike me to backpedal what I'm sure is what people are going to call it. I don't think that's fair. I, but it I, felt like the right thing to do. That's that. That's, it did. That's not necessarily what you did. It's not like you. It's not like you're like, oh my god, I have to take this down and apologize and blah 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 blah. But I understand where you're coming from in the sense of you don't feel like you'd need to apologize because that's not right. But at the same time, you needed to act on something there, and like I get that. I, I I can only be responsible for what it is I do. But yet, if I have the power to end other people being awful to another human being, I should probably use that power. For no reason, too. I mean, what are we talking about here? Stansbury's vaping opinions. Um, the thing that I maybe, maybe this would have been the solution to it is like, and I've seen people do this before, is you share that status or whatever it was that the lady was saying about you, the comments, but like block her name out. And then it's like, all right, now you can get the context of what was said, but you don't necessarily have the ability to go find that person. The, 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 the thought of that just, I just missed it. But, but, but with that being said, there is a little bit of like, when you say things in a public forum, and I'm torn on this, like, I don't know exactly where I stand because like, there's a part of me that's like, dude, you're saying this, you are putting your name, your Facebook, your picture, your words into the world. It's not an anonymous site. I should 100% be able to do that. It's like that. There was that dude that, that was screaming in that coffee shop and he was screaming racist stuff. And some people like found his identity out and put it out there into the world. And there's a part of me that's like, dude, you shouldn't be able to do that. Like you should not be able to take that. But dude, if you're in the middle of, of, of of a place, screaming but that guy needs to know that that can be done and so act better in public i I don't know i I don't know where exactly i lie on that because these are your words in a public forum i should be able to throw them out there because you threw them out there i just i guess really what i want people to do is and understand is is that if i say something and again she brought up the fact that and she misquoted me she said i said 40 year old women are basically washed up and useless that's not what i said i was telling a story about a 40 some year old woman that i had been dating who had a belly button ring and it rung me as strange <laughs> it did now since then that woman has called me and got mad at me about that was like you were wearing an iron maiden shirt you idiot what the, the hell i'm not you know what i mean and so like yes there was part of that but it's like again people misquote you and all this stuff but it's like some of the comments and do guys i don't think understand that women are different and even though that's like a big thing now these days no we're not but yeah we are we are different. And more often than not, women are going to be a little bit, and for the lack of a better word, don't string me up over this, a little bit more fragile over stick over words than, than men will be. And when you're a man and you're attacking women verbally like that, it, I'm sure for her it came off to be a little scary. And there was part of me yesterday that I wanted to tell her friend when she emailed me. I was like, you know what? I wanted to tell her at first. My reaction was like, you know what? Go to hell. And then I thought about it as I was sitting there on one of the machines at the gym. And I was like, where's the motivation to tell this chick to go to hell coming from? Is it coming from the fact that you're right? Or is it coming from the fact that you just don't want anybody questioning what you have done? It's, it's And that's okay for people to question what I've done. And I just didn't want to create any more problems for her. And the goal was not to drive her away from the show or for her never to listen to the show ever again. It just, I, I just, when I read some of those comments, I was like, man, you forget sometimes how mean and awful people can really be. 
And ultimately, I want you all to listen. I don't want to throw anybody out of the party. I want this part. I want this to be the biggest party in Canton. I mean, it's probably still behind Fiji Macintosh's <laughs> party, but it's still a pretty good party. Another shot of $1,000 right now. 106.9. <gasps> Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 745 will pass out those Modest Mouse tickets that are playing September the 29th. Akron Civic, uh, Akron Civic Theater, rather. do that momentarily so this has been floating around about a day and a half and uh i had it in the rundown yesterday and i'm not sure what happened i just got bumped somehow um but probably no better time to do it than right now and 22 year old caitlin bennett from zanesville graduated from kent state and she's uh going viral via the internet because she tweeted out this photo back on May the 13th, so about four days ago now. And this is her walking in front of the Kent State University sign on campus. She's wearing a white dress, black shoes. She has an AR-10 slung around her back and she's carrying her her cap from, you know, your, your graduation gown there. And on the cap... On the top of the hat there, it says, come and take it, right? And she says here, now that I've graduated from Kent State, I can finally arm myself on campus. She said, I should have been able to do that as a student, especially since four unarmed students were shot and killed by the government on this campus. Hashtag campus carry now. She's obviously referring to the May 4th, 1970 shooting deaths of four students by the National Guard soldiers on Kent State's campus. Now, her tweet has been retweeted thousands of times, obviously, both, I'm sure, in support and in, look at this, what this idiot's trying to do. I'm sure both sides there, right? Obviously, she's received a few death threats. This, this issue's very... I don't know why, but it's very, you know, um, there's passion. Wherever you stand, what are you threatening people's lives for? What are we doing with it? What are we doing with ourselves? I don't care what we're talking about. I don't care if it's guns, abortions, religion. What are we What are we doing when we're threatening people's lives? What, what is wrong with you? Let me say this for people who might not know. Idiot. I'm pro-gun. I have two in my apartment right now. Okay. It gets weird when you start talking about carry here, carry there, gun free zone, this and that. I'm, I'm ultimately, I feel like people don't say this enough. I don't really know, but I do believe that you should be able to own a weapon and protect yourself with it. Okay, I agree. Right there, you go. Right, that's from two guys who lean pretty left. But there's something about people, no matter what it is, whether I agree with what your stances or not, that try to do these things just to make you talk about them and the issue. Look, this is like when you're in, like, you know what this reminded me of, this photo? This reminded me about being in my dad's car in the back seat with my brother on our way to Florida. And my brother trying to get a rise out of me. Quit touching me, David. Quit touching me. And he's got his finger two inches away from my nose. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. You can't get mad. I'm not touching you. That's what photos like this remind me of. 
haven't those those inflammatory things been successful? Isn't that a catalyst of change often? Is that like you do have to draw attention to something without without people marching in the streets, without people, you well, know. I mean, no, I mean, nobody's really marching in the street. This is a woman who took a photo in front of a sign. I'm saying like without without doing things that draw attention to things, without people sitting at lunch counters, civil rights era never would have happened. You know what I mean? Like, so without, without like, hey, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, you're never going to g- gain traction. I mean, yeah. Are you going to be able to go through history and find me three examples that fly in the face of what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Overall, people who try to make themselves the story, and I think that's what's happening here. I think Caitlyn's making Caitlyn the story, not gun control. Caitlyn's now the story. And I guess that's not even Caitlyn's fault. That's our fault. That's the fault of the American people. Is that, this is what I'm always saying about protests and all this stuff, is that we never have the conversation. Again, Black Lives Matter has been a thing in this country for years now. There has been zero in-depth conversation about police brutality in this country since that's happened. None. Nobody's doing it. Where's the open forum? There isn't one. This stuff doesn't move. This stuff moves tweets. That's what it moves now. I believe that you are right. But Phantom, what you never, what we never acknowledge about the civil rights movement is, is that people are different now. They just are. Your people are more. This is much like the other thing when we were the other day when we were talking about how if you're not locking your doors, you're crazy. And what did I say? That in my dad's America, when he grew up, you could go on vacation and lock your doors because you knew your neighbors. You looked out for your neighbors. Your neighbors cared about you. Now I don't even know the woman who lives across the hall from me. I don't even know her name. None of us do. We're different now. And I don't think that we, and honestly, we have lost resolve in this country. We have lost that. I don't know if if fully, but we've lost a whole lot of it. And I feel like this woman is about, like, this feels very much like, see, I got you on technicality. I don't go to school here. Like, it feels to me like she waited two years to graduate just so she could take this photo. And really what she wants is the photo. Does she really want to be able to carry an AR-10 to class? Or does she want to be in a photo carrying an AR-10 so everybody's talking about her? Can both be true? I mean, like... I suppose. I suppose. I just don't know what you're accomplishing here. I, I, don't, I don't get what you get. I, now, I, I know, now, I know what the pro side's going to say. Is we fawned over high school students who were walking out of school for anti-gun control measures. And now people are going to condemn a woman for carrying this gun on her back on a college campus. You know what, pro-gun people? You're right. That's a legitimate argument. Yeah, and I think the counter to that legitimate argument was, was you know, a month ago, they were saying, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about, and now it's a 22-year-old on your side, and you're like, okay, you're, you you speak up louder. You have consist- Well, there is something different between somebody who's 22 and can actually vote and somebody who's 16 and can't. Have some consistency in the argument Well, that, that, right. I don't. that's what I'm saying, is I'm not sure that's not consistency. This person can take part in the voting. She can have an opinion, and you are more formed, not fully, but you're more formed in your opinion at 22 than you are at 16. And there's a very big difference between a tweet being... Being retweeted by people and an entire political party taking a handful of 15-year-olds and then making them the face of that political party. There's a very, very big difference in those two things. I got accused of doing this the other day, so I'm so hesitant to do this now. So you know what? Let's make it gender. We won't make it race. Make this photo of a six-foot-six dude 
carrying an AR-10 on his back, and you feel completely different about this photo until you find out what's going on. You know you do. You see a woman carrying an AR-10, you're like, woman, gun, sexy. You see a man carrying a gun like that, you're afraid. I don't care who you are, you're afraid. Our demographics of things play into this. And again, I am going to do it because I don't care because I feel like I don't do this too much. If this had been a black man, this country's having a completely different conversation about this photo. Pro-gun people are, anti-gun people are, everybody is. Right? Like, are you almost thinking that had it been a black man, there's probably Mace involved somewhere in this, and that it's not just her casually draping the cap behind her? I don't believe it. And I guess she brings up this point of, like, I should be able to carry my gun on campus because, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, um, the government, are you saying that, like, is this lady saying that I would have shot National Guardsmen? You know what I mean? Like, is, is that like... Well, I think what she's saying is that, yes, had been shot at, she would have fired back at National Guards. <laughs> well, again, I'm not sure it's crazy to insinuate that if somebody shot you, you would shoot back. I don't think it's crazy to insinuate that. To, to make the assumption that you would shoot first, that's crazy. So if you're in a crowd and in, 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 in the Kent State crowd, like, ret- returning fire would have been appropriate there? No, I'm not saying it would have been appropriate. I'm saying if you shoot at me, I'm shooting at you. That that was the part to me where I was like, whoa, lady. Like, what are, are you really talking about that? But again, I, I had to unfollow a guy I know on Twitter today because he was he was yelling at her because she claimed that these students had been unarmed. The Kent State students? Yeah. And so we looked. Now, the rocks were thrown. But as far as I can tell, they did not have an actual weapon. I know anything can be a weapon. Yes. I'm saying they did not actually have a over-the-counter bought weapon. Or an even, like, made bomb or anything like that, which I don't even think probably would have been all that popular in 1970. Although, yeah, I mean, the bombings in in Cleveland all happened in in the 70s. So, yeah, they would have been. But this feels very much like I'm just doing this just because I can. I just want to I just want to irritate you. And then this is why it makes me crazy. Is cuz she does this to irritate you and then turns around and goes, "Why are you irritated?" You know what I mean? Like there's just something about that that I don't like. And I will always say this and I've been proven right about it like the last 3 years in a row. Anything you rally against, you only bolster. You only bolster. And by the way, none of us, what do I always say? We don't have the attention span to make it through all these things. Remember? It was two months ago. Blue wave! Blue wave! We're going to get our gun law! Blue wave! You still feel that way at all? No. Nope. You're back on Russia now. Or you're back on, you know, Trump Jr. Can't recall who we talked to at the tower. You're back on that because you were told to care about that yesterday from the box that's in your living room. We're just so easily moved around this board that none of us are really staunch in anything. And it's just getting disgusting. And we're all just out here faking stuff we pretend to care about. It's starting to get really, really gross. Your shot at Modest Mouse tickets, that's next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. We also have some uh, Modest Mouse tickets. That show September the 29th, Akron Civic Theater. We'll get you hooked up here momentarily. I'm reading this uh, this article on how to get your road rage under control, mm-hmm. and I um I have this a little bit 
Like the, the, the very simple things in the car make me crazy. When people won't speed up to like like if I'm waiting to make a left turn and like there's people coming down the road and it's like you can just tell it's like dude just speed up a little bit more so that way I can still make this light. Like come on, what's the matter with you? Right? Like that kind of stuff just makes me crazy. Now it shouldn't. That's a problem with me, not with the rest of you. I um I always like when I get road rage and I have nowhere to be. Like, no, like, timetable I'm working with. Like, I got nothing going on. Riding home from work. Who cares if I'm there three minutes when's, later? When's the last time you raged out in the car? Um, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're saying, raged out. Often, I'm like, what the F are you doing? Like, what are you doing okay, right now? Okay, so now, see, I'm surprised because you are normally pretty even-keeled, Um, and you drive like a little old lady. I do drive like a little <laughs> like, old lady. I would assume everybody's mad at you. Like, the amount of times I pass... Fantone on the freeway to get here is a lot. I, I will I will not push my car more than five miles over the speed limit. Um, and honestly, a big part of that is I think when I was learning to drive in the early days of driving, I was just involved in so much degenerate behavior and I didn't want to get arrested that I developed really good like driving skills in that ah, sense. Ah, smart. I, I really do. I mean, like not to, but like like driving around when you're 16 smoking weed and you're like, dude, no, we can't get arrested. Like right. I do. No, I got to use my turn it. signal. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that probably is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that probably is it. I got to have this. Like, dude. <sighs> All right. Here it is. <laughs> My laundromat yeah. is up on West Tusk. Yeah. I'll leave here today to go pick up my clothing. And I swear to God, I bet I yell at four people <laughs> <laughs> from that light right there up until like, is it? I don't know if it's Mellet or the Millet. I, I don't know which one it is, but whatever that plaza is right there. And, and I just, and it makes me crazy because I know it's a shortcoming in me. Now, are you raging at them? Are you, like, getting mad, yelling? Because there's a difference between, like, commentary of, like, dude, what are you doing? And, like, oh, my God, what are you doing? I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to make it part of your day, but the feeling in my (laughs) chest, in my head, like, dude, sometimes I'll get so angry, like, my head will get tight. (laughs) I've I've never known anybody else to be like, dude, and then my forehead tightens. I, I think I think really we're getting into like one of our like kind of core differences here where like I'll get frustrated, but I'm a little bit more like laughy about it. You're a little bit more screamy about it. Yeah. It's you know, same same feelings probably going on there, but you yeah, you definitely lean into it. It was one of the reasons this 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 rage was definitely one of the reasons why the gym came back in. And it's also one of the reasons why I decided to get back into therapy. I felt like those two things you know would help my anger issue. My dad had them. It just kind of runs in the family. I have it kind of the way it works. But it doesn't mean just because you have it, you should be like, well, that's who I am. Just deal with it. You can't handle me at my worst. I mean, if you can't handle Stansbury at his worst, you don't deserve him at his best, which you don't ever seem to get ever. Like, I, just you know all I mean? worse. Like, like, yeah, just the worst. But they're saying here, there's a couple of things that I can do. Adjust my expectations for my commute. And this would be a big one for me. I, for some reason, feel like when I get in my car, because I don't have to drive it like rush hour times, what are you doing on the road? Like, this is the big thing that, that, that I think of. Like, my, when I'm driving down the road, this is the big thing I'm always like, where the hell? Dude, don't you people have jobs? Why aren't like, you at work? Why aren't you at work? There's like seven morning show hosts in the world, probably, you know, a thousand grandmas out there on the road where it's like, okay, there's some traffic. But yes, when it comes down to it, why aren't you at work? So here's what I want from Canton, Ohio. I normally leave here around 11. Mm-hmm. 
right? So from 11 to 1, just stay off of West Tusk and let me have it. Although, dude, that's the safest bet for everybody. Just stay out of my way and let me have it. They say also you need to think about how you react. And again, people will tell you this, and this is true of traffic. It's true of everything. Life is 90% how you react to what has happened to you. You just, you got to realize that nobody's really out to like make your drive hell. They're no. just stupid. And like, that's what I normally walk away with now. Instead of screaming, I'm just like, oh, well, they've, their punishment's been doled out. They're dumb. One of the things that I always laugh at is the way I react to something that I've done, where I'll see somebody do something and I'll be like, you idiot, what are you, what are you thinking? And then, you know, three days later, I do the same thing. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, here I am yelling at people, acting like they're, they're idiots. And I'm like, no, we're all just kind of bad drivers sometimes. Yeah, that's a um yeah, I am I am a road raged filled person. I I wish I wasn't. It's a it's a shortcoming. I think it's ugly about me. It's one of those things that I wish I could fix about me. I've been working on it. Um and it's also dangerous. It's also seriously dangerous. Like yeah. you don't know who people are. Like as a matter of fact, I almost got in that fist fight in the parking lot. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because that guy thought he was all tough, and then I got out of the car, and it turns out, no, he wasn't so much. <laughs> turns out, no, he wasn't He wasn't that much. We have Modest Mouse tickets. We'll pass those out. Caller number 29 right now at 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back to hook you up with $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com and passing out $8,000 momentarily. So I believe it's Saturday night, 8.30, Game 3, Eastern Conference Finals. That will shift back to the queue. We'll come back here. We're down 0-2. Um, I know Munch believes we will tie up 2-2. And win both games at home, and then I believe you go what back to Boston. Then yep, one 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 after that. Now I don't know if you can take four out of five. I don't know. It's tough. But when you got the best play- basketball player in the last twenty five years on your team, I'm not going to count them out just yet. All right, um, I will count them out in the finals. I don't believe as constructed right now, even with LeBron, that they could win the NBA finals. I think LeBron would have to go for seventy a night for it to happen. Um. If 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 the Houston Rockets are able to get over on the Warriors and that series tied up one one right now, and he's not in that finals against the Rockets with a chance to like to be the he's going to be furious, dude. Because you know you can't beat the Warriors. You know you can't. Deep down inside, he knows it. You know it. But, but beat the Rockets, but maybe. but there's something in you that says like, ah, dude, maybe I could have maybe I could have been the one to push this over. And I'm telling you, that will eat him alive if that were to happen. I actually think one of the best things that could happen to the NBA is if the Rockets beat the Warriors. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of the best things that could happen to the NBA. I, I mean, I, I I don't want to hate on greatness because I certainly know the Warriors are a phenomenal team, arguably the best basketball team of all time. Um, but yeah, to have them not win another one would be good for the sport as a whole. So, Nick Wright is a co-host of First Things First on FS1, and he's also featured on The Herd with Colin Coward quite a bit. And Nick Wright, for those of you that don't know, and some of you will know, is like the biggest LeBron fan oh, yeah. ever. I yeah. mean, dude, like you might not even be close to Nick no, in I'm this not. regard. I'm not, dude. I mean, Nick Wright loves, I love LeBron, but Nick Wright loves LeBron. LeBron could be holding the murder weapon at a crime <laughs> yep. scene, yep. and Nick Wright would be like, he's innocent. I yep. mean, like, just he's a LeBron apologist. Now, 
I don't really feel like you got to apologize for LeBron a lot. No. I mean, dude, he normally out there getting it done, playing pretty good, right? But he claims that there is no shot whatsoever LeBron remains a Cavalier. Here's a little audio from FS1 and the Colin Coward Show. Here's Nick Wright. Win, lose this series, win or lose in the finals. The odds of him staying at Cleveland should be 0% on your pie chart. He's leaving. He's gone. Cleveland, somehow, Dan Gilbert, doff your cap to you, sir. You have somehow blown having the greatest player in world history on your team twice. Now, You've done it tw- Do you believe that's true? <sighs> You know you you pay more attention to the in and outs of of the Cavalier season than I do. I guess it depends on what perspective I look at it from. From the F- Cavaliers fan perspective, no, because they got a title and that's all I ever wanted. You okay. know what I mean? But from a basketball fan perspective, if you were not a fan but working for the organization, I would I would have to say having eleven years of LeBron and winning one title. Underdelivered, right? From 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 that perspective, I think there would be a little bit of like, well, what what do you mean we didn't get this done? If you had a quarterback as good as Tom Brady and you won one championship, people would tell you that quarterback had underdelivered for that for that franchise twice. And you mentioned the eighth pick. Well, I, I just think it's it's worth noting there. It's not necessarily that I fault LeBron here. No, no, no. I think it's I fault the organization. That's, That's what I'm saying. Okay. Is that okay. is that the organization did not put you in the best chances to win? Okay. And you mentioned the eighth pick. They should have known this was likely going to be the eighth pick. Now, is that true? Like, should they have known this early that, like, before that happened, that that you weren't going to be a top three? Early on, early, early on. I mean, I know the Nets were supposed to suck this year, and I think they outperformed what they were supposed to do. But like early on, you got to be able to look down the field as a franchise and know that this isn't going to be a one, two, or three pick, or it's not likely to be a one, two, or three. Also, pick. isn't banking on that being a top three pick probably not the best plan because not, because this could happen. You 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 don't have any control of your own destiny right, right there. So anytime that's the case, yeah, that's a bad plan in my book. Traded for the Nets pick, we knew there were five or six teams in the league that would actively try to tank. We also knew the Nets stunk, but because they didn't have their own pick, they would not try to lose games. Good point. So they sh- they knew when they traded for it, they knew headed into the deadline. This is probably 90% as it was going into last night, going to be somewhere between the 6 to 10 range. That is exactly where it fell. It is why them trading for taking an inferior package from Boston because, oh, it's going to include our future after LeBron was absurd. It's why at the trade deadline, not dangling that pick to get LeBron more help was absurd. Now that's your, your hang-up, right? 100%. That's your hang-up is like, dude, trade it away, invest in LeBron, win now, don't worry about the future, capitalize on LeBron. Yeah, to look down the field past the LeBron era, is it's a, it's a silly practice at that point. I mean, like, yes, it is going to exist inevitably, um, but well, it doesn't... Well, nothing's going to compile. No matter, you, you, you can bring me six players from this year's draft and you're not going to equal LeBron James. 100%. You can't put five nickels together and expect to get a quarter in there that sense. There you go. There you go. Your future after LeBron Cleveland is going to be the exact same as the entirety of your history except for the 11 years he's been there. Total Travis mockery embarrassment. <laughs> you have no future after LeBron. Mo Bamba, Trey Young, or Colin Sexton aren't going to change that. So the idea that you had to keep this, this Nets pick as if it were likely to turn into Luka Doncic or DeAndre Ayton was always silly. They Blew this from the beginning of the offseason. When they traded Kyrie, when they didn't bring back the GM, when they held on to this pick as if it represents some future. LeBron's gone. No matter what happens, he's gone. Where will he go? 
I'd say Philly's the leading contender, then L.A., then Houston. But Cleveland has as much a chance of signing him as the herd does. Jeez, there's Nick Wright from FS1. Um, does the morning show there for their first things first, but that audio from the Colin Coward show, The Herd. Now, I, I think he got a little carried away at the end of that, right? Like, is it? Now, again, I blame the organization for this too, but can they really be blamed for the GM? If the GM doesn't want to stay, I mean, what do you, I mean, right? Like When David Griffin left, that was a lot of Dan Gilbert. That was a lot of him, him and Han, and not wanting to pay him an extra $3 million when it's like, bro, you are already just hemorrhaging money. You've already got money falling out your butt. That's like, a good reason not to hemorrhage more. Do you want, do you, do you want to be, a, do you want to be a, 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 what do I want well, to say? I want him to, but do you want do, do you want your franchise to be a moneymaker or do you want your franchise to be a champion a champion contender? Okay, now I I agree with you. Ultimately, I agree with you. Let me play devil's advocate here. I mean, did they not make money this year? Well, and I guess, but here's what you're going to boil down to, though, is that are you going to continue take a test, take a step back, look at the big picture? Okay. Are you going to continue to make money because LeBron's on your team? Or are you going to continue to make money because you cut corners? You're going to continue to make money because LeBron's on your team. I would agree with that. Big picture. If you want, if you want more, you got to grow that pie. LeBron's the best way to do it. See, Cutting two million dollars off a of salary means crap. I started saying LeBron was leaving when the David Griffin thing happened because of the tweet he put out. Because, dude, that tweet was like, hey, Dave Griff, sorry, buddy. I don't know what the hell's going on here. And you could tell a star of the team was saying, I don't think we should have done this. And it's the GM who was pretty smart. David Griffin was pretty smart. There's only going to be a handful of those guys around the NBA that are going to be on LeBron's level of basketball IQ. Now, I think he overestimates his basketball IQ just a little bit, but he does seem to have a pretty decent one, right? But... So you got to surround them with people like that. You got to give them the do thinkers want to be around thinkers. Do smart people when you put them in a room full of dummies, all they do is get bored and annoyed. Right. Oh, right, 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 right. That's one that's 100% what happens there and I think there is a little bit of LeBron looking around like what what is what's happening right now? <laughs> what am I now? doing here? Um you know, he brings up a couple of interesting things there of of Philadelphia, LA, Houston. Um I feel like all those are possibilities certainly. Um I would say Philadelphia feels the most likely to me because it would be number 1 the easiest financial and number 2 the most East. talent. Right, and number 3 in the East. Yeah. So like then you've got you've got multiple points or multiple things kind of pointing you in that direction where it's like LA you could go out to and you don't necessarily know if you're going to be able to get it done there and Houston you could go out to but it would be a lot harder to get the financial aspect yeah. of it done um so Philly seems like the place where you'd be able to have the most success immediately and you could go in and and you know like Embiid and Ben Simmons are going to like they're going to let you be LeBron. Yeah, they're going to buy in. Where Chris Paul and Harden are going to be a little bit like dude, let's try it this way. A, a part of the, a part of the thing that you got going on here is and I, I kind of posed this question last night of is there any chance LeBron retires after this year? I saw this and here's the thing. I think if success happens this year, yes, but I don't think you could get bounced by the Celtics and then retire. Munch brought it up and he said no because he still has to add to his legacy and I understand winning winning with three different teams would certainly add to your legacy in a, in a different way um, but if he goes somewhere and he flops out He's going to have to come retire as a Cavalier. Like that's the truth of it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's going into the Hall of Fame as a Cavalier. I refuse to believe otherwise. He's not going in there as a member of the Heat. He's not going in there as a member of the Rockets or the Lakers or whatever Ooh, like that. You're not going to go in as the. I mean, did he won two titles in Miami? I think he's going in as 11 years with the Cavaliers, where he played his best basketball. I, I 100% think he's going in as a Cavalier. Well, people are going. And again, people would argue. There's no arguing who was the man here. Yep. Where early on in the Miami run, it was still. 
Dwayne Wade's team. He, 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 he retires a Cavalier. So even if he leaves, he yeah, comes, all right, he comes right. back, even if it's only for that one-day contract just so he can retire with wine and gold on. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, you know, I guess what he's going to be able to do if he were to retire today is say, you know, am I the greatest basketball player of all time? I don't know. Are the Golden State Warriors the greatest basketball team of all time? I don't know. They're the best team I ever played against. But at this point, my legacy is more about what I'm doing off the court than what I'm doing on the court. I want to walk away healthy. I want to walk away a relatively young man who's still able to go out there and 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 do it. And I, that's this this. It, I don't see it. This in is like one of the only things where I'm like, well, maybe maybe he doesn't go somewhere else. That's the only that or that he's a nice guy and is like, well, I'm gonna stick around Cleveland. Like those uh, are the only yeah. those are the only things I can come up with at this point. Before we move off this, I want to address this because Rick tweets this and he says you guys got to hold on here a minute. Okay, right? He's okay. like, dude, LeBron wanted Tristan Thompson, Shump, Jr. to all get paid. Gilbert's paying fifty million dollars in that tax over the cap. The Cavs have given up so much draft capital. He's like, I love LeBron, but Gilbert has done way more than enough to surround LeBron with with teammates. You can point to ups and downs for sure. I mean, there's things that they've done great and there's things that they've severely messed up on. I would say as a whole, if you look at all things combined, I think the Cavaliers under-delivered for what LeBron needed throughout his career, throughout the 11 years he was on the team. Cole also tweeting this at me. Again, I don't know if he's accurate or not, but I am hearing this from Twitter. He says, I don't know if you know this or not, but if the Nets would have lost one more game, then they would have had the seventh spot in the lottery, which ended up with the Kings that shot up to the number two pick. So the Cavs lost a game to the Nets, and now look how that turned out. So had we won that game is what he's saying. Dude, too many ifs and ands in that yep. sense. Here's what I'm saying. You had no idea whatsoever that pick was going to be a top three pick, but you maneuvered as if it was going to be a top three pick. That's my issue, is that you you put all your eggs in an in, in unknown basket, and that seems to me pretty strange. I don't see the trade that comes here. Let's look at some players. We know Paul George pretty much has already said he wants to be a Laker. DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins, unfollowed the Pelicans on Instagram. That's like the new thing now with millennial athletes. If they unfollow the team, that means they want out. So we unfollowed the team on Instagram. I guess he's now saying he would like to be a Los Angeles Laker. So these are some of the players that you would talk about picking up to help LeBron James out. Boogie Cousins would be on the list. Paul George would be on the list. These guys have already kind of come out and said where they want to go. I don't see the play that you can entice LeBron where he can look up and down the roster as constructed now and go, well, if I add that, though, we'll be fine. I'm as good as any two superstars together, so if you go get me a third and we keep Kevin Love, we're pretty much a super team. Yeah, it's going to be hard to do if you're going to really try to get a team to trade off an asset like that without, without Kevin Love, without, I mean, you, we, there's there's young talent on the Cavaliers. I mean, Jetty Osman and, and, and Ante Zizic could be pieces in that equation, but Without Kevin Love, without somebody that you could really look at as like, all right, this is the cog of it. It's it's just not likely to happen. The amount of people I saw that were buying tickets via like like third party ticket brokers and stuff because they feel like this is the last time they're going to get to see LeBron at the queue. Go enjoy it. I, I mean, yeah, go enjoy it. But it is a little sad. Yeah. Because I've said it before, it's going to be tumbleweed on the queue floor. And I think that's sad is probably the best way to like describe this entire situation, at least to me, is like. If if this all went out in a blaze of glory, I guess I would be like a little bit more like, all right, dude, that's the end of it. That's the bow on it. But it just feels like a whimper right now. It just kind of feels like a meh. You know what I mean? Like, it just feels like we're just like. You know what it is? Like, I'll tell you exactly why. Is the Cavs are in hospice. 
you're just waiting to put them down. You're just waiting to stick the needle in and put them all the way down. Is it Laurel? Is it Yanni? What? Find out after this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll pass out another $1,000. Also, we will be breaking down WWE salaries. Spoiler. They make more than a thousand bucks. Yeah, they do. They they make more money than that. They're all right. I couldn't believe some of these numbers, but it's a popular thing. All right. I uh I have to I I have to calm down before we take a breath. We do this. Um, I will never understand how certain things catch steam in this country. I'll never understand our obsession to find out if the dress is blue or black or gold or white or whatever it is. I, I don't get it. I don't get wrapped up in this stuff. But a lot of you do. And I always say, it's not my show. I'm just the guy who gets paid to do it for you. It's yours, right? But I think you guys are being trolled. And I think pretty easily now. And I think much like Jim Gaffigan once said about bottled water, that somewhere in France there was a meeting and somebody raised his hand and said, how dumb do I think the Americans are? <laughs> and then they started to bottle water and they started to sell it to us, right? And I think that's how these online challenges, is it this or is it that, happen. I think somebody sits in their mother's basement and goes, how stupid do I think Americans are? Watch this. And I think we're being trolled. There was an audio file being passed around a little bit yesterday. It, was, it actually was going on while we were on the show, and I didn't mm-hmm. even really know what was happening here. It wasn't until the show was over where I went and listened. I was like, oh, wait, this is what's happening? But there's this audio file, and apparently if you listen to it, and I've seen people flip. I know, like, my friend Rachel was one of these people. She was on her Facebook yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, all day I heard Yanni, and now I hear Laurel, and now I can't unhear it. And I don't know if I have the wrong audio file or what. But I don't even think it sounds remotely close to one versus the other. All I hear is Laurel. And I think it's so much so that I think you're being trolled and the people who are telling you that they hear something else are lying to see how funny this will be. Yeah, I mean, at its at its core here, this is just a ridiculous thing that America talked about yesterday. I mean, like the fact that 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 this wasn't just, you know, a couple of online people. This was literally everyone. I mean, we're talking like news organizations. They had every single like, you know, reporter out there. I'm like, well, do you hear Yanni or do you hear Laurel? And I know people who didn't necessarily weren't a part of this yesterday are probably listening going, what the hell are these people talking about? But this is this is what happens online now. I mean, I don't get it because phonetically they don't even sound the same. No, not even remotely the same. And so we have the audio and I want to I, I like the dude, just run it. Laurel. 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 It's so plain that it can't be anything but Laurel. Now you hear Laurel, right? Am I yes. crazy? Okay, all no, right. you, no, you are not. I was no, say, you are don't not. Don't you turn on me? Now, there's, you know, if it was like, well, is he saying Yanni or Johnny? Then you're into a conversation. But I mean, listen to it again. Laurel. Laurel. Now, what I'm going to say is Yanni starts with the Y and Laurel starts with the L and you can hear the hard L. And then because I said this online yesterday and people said to me, what about a Pollo Loco? 
And it's like, well, uh, yes, yes, but that's not the way that L is used. That's a hard L. You can hear the hard L. Laurel. I don't get it. Laurel. Where, 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 this is what I'm saying. Like the dress, it was like kind of one of those ones where if you showed me different pictures of it, I was like, oh, well, in that light or this filter or that. And that's how those things happen with those pictures, by the way. It's all filter. It's, that dress doesn't look that different when you're standing right in front of it in the store. It's all filters. But at the end of the day, there is no confusing this for any other word but Laurel that I think everybody's lying and just going, watch, I'm going to make everybody think I'm dumb and say, I think it's Yanni. Welcome to online behavior right there. We all forget about that. And I'm I'm talking I in, am in, so guilty in of a that. million different avenues of life where it's like you forget that there are people that are w- trying to move you around the board. And it's like, did somebody really say this and think this? Or is this just something that people are putting in front of me to irritate me, You're, to rile me up and, 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 and move me? Fantone's on this all the time about this. This is the new fashion trend. And everybody gets all mad about the fact that people are going to wear it. And Fantone always says, "Where's show me the first person wearing Haven't it. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it, dude. I spent all my time in public. I'm out there at Walmart on West Coast. Never seen those assless jeans. Never, not once. But I mean, I guess maybe. But you're people told people them. are buying them, and, and, you're, it, and you're furious about it. Right. What do you mean, dudes are putting flowers in their beards? Oh my god! Wait, I just have you seen that. I think somewhere a 14 year old kid is laughing his ass off. Now th- this voice, it's like using the GPS there because it's a computerized voice, and that's an okay. interesting conversation that's been happening recently. Is how realistic can we make these robotic voices sound, or how realistic should we make? Right, them sound? right, 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 right. Because is it is it is it unethical for you know, somebody to call you, have a conversation with you, and it's not really a person, it's a robot. And that's that's something. But when it comes down to it, this is one of those, you can, you know, if you don't know how to pronounce a word, and shocker, the Stansberry Show, sometimes we're like, I don't know how do you pronounce this? I don't know either, dude. So you can go online and it's like, how do you pronounce this? And it'll have a computerized, like, and usually it's for non-English speaking people who are like trying to, I have you a know, dictionary app who d- d- that yeah, does this. Yeah. yeah, so like, I think this was one of those, like, well, how do I pronounce Laurel? And like, Laurel. Okay, now, Laurel. Justin's tweeting and telling me that it's a play on the frequencies. The lower frequency is playing Laurel. The higher sounds like Yanni. If you have a high-low pass frequency, you can play it to hear whatever you want. So a lot of it is based on the individual's hearing. Their higher high frequencies usually go away the older you get, and the system that they are listening on. Here's what I don't understand, Justin. I'm not disagreeing with any of that because honestly, I didn't even understand most of it. <laughs> so like, I'm not I'm not disagreeing w- w- with it. But what I'm saying is, is why is it then somebody I know who's listening to the same file one hour hears one thing, and then an hour later tells me they're hearing something else? Now this is the power of suggestion. Once you start saying no, what do you mean you don't hear Yanni? And then you're like, wait, do I hear Yanni? Wait a second. Is that is that what I'm hearing right now? I think there is a little bit of that, and people will get caught up in that of like, well, if everyone else is hearing Yanni, then of course I heard Yanni. All right, now somebody's writing in telling me they hear Yammy. Maybe that's just a, a misprint. Laurel. Yeah, Corey's saying he hears Yanni. Let's, I mean, like, okay, let's break this down, and not to be funny about it, but like... Yanni. Yanni. Whoa. Yanni. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, see, that's crazy because we slow. That's you slowing that down, right? But that, yeah. It's still the hard L. Yeah. Of I, course, it sounds different, but that doesn't sound like Yanni to me. I. Laurel. Laurel. Okay. Laurel. Laurel. Slow it down. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, dude, this yeah. is this is crazy. All right. When you play it regular, I hear Laurel clear as day. 
But when you slow it down, I don't hear Yanni. It almost sounds like Iyani. Like it sounds Yanni. like Yanni. It still has the. It's got that. Oh, it see to me it sound when you slow it down. It feels like a Y starting that word. Oh my Christ! I cannot believe I've I've been duped by this thing. Yanni. Yanni. I still hear Laurel. Laurel. Like, Again, everybody's telling. See, I, I got different things here. Dustin, I hear Yanni. He says, no, you he goes, when I try to hear Laurel, it's just not there. He says, I'm totally mind screwed. When you first played it, I heard the Y sound, but when you keep playing it, I hear Laurel. Laurel. Amy. Oh my God, I Laurel. heard Yami too. <laughs> Wasn't going to tweet it because I felt down. <laughs> So, yes, this is Keith again sent me another link here. This is all about the slider bar, about how you play it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not qualified to be in this room. <laughs> I have no idea what to do right now. I walked all the way into this ready to think everybody else was stupid, and I find out I need grape flavored windows in my car. The hell is the matter with me? I, dude, I, we're bailing out. I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm scared to death of that whole thing. I cannot believe this has just happened to me. We're getting another Star Wars spinoff movie. Jesus, enough is enough already. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., everybody's favorite guest will be back in the studio with us. Canton Police Officer, Officer Lamar Sharp, going to spend the 9 a.m. hour with us tomorrow. He has another event for his Be a Better Me Foundation. And we'll be talking. Are you wearing the shirt? I think I am. Um, I think if I'm wearing it correctly, are? yeah, I got it on right now. All right, here's why you shouldn't have shown me that. Why is that? You had it on another day this week. <laughs> oh, damn. Well, I will say I did do laundry yesterday, okay. so that uh, that's, that's, probably, that that's probably why I jumped right back up into the rotation right there. I was going to say, dude, you already had that on this week. I Dude, I'm telling you right now, I have these jeans on already this week. I haven't washed those at all. Private Zodi, too. Me, too. Not going to lie. Me, too. I'm actually picking up my laundry today. Can't wait. So a week from tomorrow, Solo, a Star Wars story, I guess is what they're calling it or whatever. Very exciting. Comes out in theaters. Now, I am a little excited. I want to go to this. It's also my birthday. I was going to say, I think we're burying the lead a little bit, buddy, but okay, Star Wars. Should be pointed out, Star Wars came out on May the 25th, 1977. What George Lucas had done was like, dude, Stansberry's been here a year. Like, we have got to do something to celebrate the birth of this dude. So you're the same age as Star Wars? Um, I'm, a, I'm a year older. Okay, okay. Again, I, I, I was born in 1976. But the movie came out on my birthday. I was exactly one year old. And so they're putting out Solo a week from tomorrow. But they're already looking past it. As the next spinoff will be all about Lando Calrissian. Now, I love this for a few reasons. A, they're giving you Donald Glover as Lando in the Solo movie, and I'm assuming he's, yes, no, I'm reading there, he will be Lando in the spinoff. Now, this is great for a couple of different reasons. We don't have to hear about the, well, they give you a Han Solo movie, but they won't give you a Lando movie because Hollywood's racist. So we don't have to hear that bunk BS fake-ass argument, which is nice. Okay, it's also going to be great to allow Donald Glover a little bit more room to develop this character on the screen because this movie that's coming out a week from tomorrow will be mostly about Han. It'll be about his relationship with Lando because they were buddies and that's where he got the Millennium Falcon is from a poker game with Lando. 
So I'm sure you'll get that. But it will be nice to watch Donald Glover, a talented person, be able to stretch his legs and act like that. But the bigger story, I have to say, is this. And for those of you that have been on me for a month because I don't like comic book movies, you're, I'm going to throw you a bone right here. The Avengers have ruined the game. And I don't mean like they're ruining movie making. But they've ruined the game for other directors and other producers. Meaning, Star Wars used to be the biggest film franchise there was. But here we are, a week away from the Star Wars movie that die-hard Star Wars fans have been waiting on forever, which is the Han Solo backstory. This is the movie we've wanted since Empire. We didn't want Jedi. We didn't want any of those crappy movies that came after that. Hardcore fans have wanted the Han Solo movie forever. And here we are a week away from it, and it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie's coming at all. And it's because the Avengers are so big that it's overtaking everything. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things going on there. First and foremost, it is hard to, you know, it, it, it's hard to measure D's with Lex Steel. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, you could have a, high, a fine, healthy one, but if you're if you're if you're pulling it out next to him, that's that's going to be problematic. Well, Obviously, it sucks to be Phantom. <laughs> so, so with that with that being said, I think a part of the problem is too is that you've got an oversaturated market at this point with Star Wars, and literally, you can say this about Avengers and superhero movies too. But every six months, it feels like there's another one. It's like, oh, this one's Rogue One, and this one's you know the Jedi comes back, and this one's the Jedi didn't come back, and this and there's 18 of them at this point. And as somebody who's like you said, like well, hardcore fans, but somebody who's a passive fan, I, I'm a very like okay, I don't hate Star Wars, I don't love Star Wars, I'm right in the middle on Star Wars, but it, 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 it's it, the waters are it's muddy to me. I'm like. All right, I don't see. That's what's crazy about this is I have the same exact argument on Marvel. Is that I got four new Marvel things to watch on on Netflix, and then here comes all these movies. It's just like here's my problem with comic book movies. There's too much, and I think Star. You're right. You're not wrong. Star Wars is getting. This is my problem with the Marvel Universe movies. There's too many. I, I dude, it's like remember collecting GI Joes in the '80s. You could never do it because every day they put out another ten. Yeah, I stand firm, and this is the reason why I haven't seen the new Avengers movie, is because I don't want to do homework to go watch something. Someone was like, well, no, if you watch the Captain America the Winter Soldier, and then you watch Iron Man 1, and then you watch Spider-Man Homecoming, and then you watch Iron Man 2, and then you watch, and I'm like, no, dude, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have 19 hours to dedicate before I go to the movies. I'm sorry I don't. I mean, I do, but like, I'm not going to spend it but doing that. But you're not going to do it right. Right. Um, that's most people. So, so I, I, I think that you are getting into a little bit of like, well, there's too much going on here. And I think the Avengers, this one in particular, was exceptionally big because of the exceptionally big nature of it. Like, this was all the universe coming in together at once. This Han Solo thing, yes, 100% for hardcore fans is a big deal, but that first Star Wars that came back out that was really a part of the like the linear like story, I think that's where they had the this is as big as you're going to have on hype. Like, this is going to be as big as it gets because, like, now you're getting into sub-stories. Now you're getting into secondary plots. Now you're getting into backstories. And I don't think those are going to entice people to come as much as, like, the original storyline. That could be. Brent wants to know, is it also because Disney is ruining Star Wars but helping Marvel because they own both? 
I don't I, I don't believe Disney is ruining Star Wars. Let's let's really look at what's happened since Disney has bought Star Wars, right? right? They gave you The Force Awakens, which was a reboot of A New Hope that was really well done and smashed at the box office. Smashed. And then you got Rogue One, good not great, but it was still good. The only movie that they ruined was The Last Jedi. And that and the guy who directed that movie didn't like The Force Awakens and said, I'm trying to make a movie that wasn't like that because I didn't like The Force Awakens. I'm going to go in a different... And The Last Jedi was horrific. I tried to watch it two more times at my house. If I can't watch a Star Wars movie more than once, it's a bad Star Wars movie. I got framed Darth Vader things in my house. If I don't like a Star Wars movie, it's a bad Star Wars movie. It's as simple as that. Quit trying to push The Last Jedi uphill. It was a crap filled movie it was just bad things can be you can swing and miss yeah dude return of the jedi was a swing and a miss that's a bad movie is is his point that marvel or disney is intentionally trying to crap star wars but you own both (laughs) i don't know why you would pay four billion for something just to devalue it and to build a a amusement park around it yeah i don't know why you would devalue something that you're building amusement parks around in at the end of the day, I mean, it's grown. Like, let's not act like Star Wars is like this struggling franchise that Disney's just kind of like poo-pooing to the side. I mean, like, it's it's a pretty big brand right there for them. So, no, I don't I don't think that's the case. And I was going to say, uh, I can't remember. I think it was the Rogue One movie. I, don't, I didn't see the last one, the one that you were just crapping on, but I saw the other two. And, like, I thought it was, like, the most dark, violent dark. of all the Star Wars movies. Dark. Like, I was like, okay, well, this is, this is not Disney, like, making it princesses. Right. Exactly right. No, Rogue One was actually probably the darkest movie of the entire series. I thought it, I thought Rogue One was good, not great. The Force Awakens was an awesome reboot. Like, that movie was great. It was so good. I, I think what we're getting into here, though, is kind of what I was saying, is we list off these movies. I don't remember what the titles were. I don't exactly remember what they were. And if, like, you're a passive fan, you're punch drunk. it's so confusing yeah. of, like, I don't know. You're perfume drunk. Which one of these did I spray first? Yeah, you're absolutely right. But you are getting a Lando spinoff movie. You had to know with Donald Glover taking over the Lando role. You had to know that was going to happen. Of course. And of course, like there's going to be a Chewbacca spinoff, guys. They're making money on these things. They're not going away. You're probably right. I said before, right? Just give me one good Han Solo movie. Give me a Boba Fett movie. Make those good. I don't care what happens to the series after that. And I really don't. If this Han Solo movie is good, I could care less what Disney does. Honestly, they can make an all Ewok movie. And I'd be like, I don't care. Fine. Do whatever you want to do. Your shot at $1,000, and we'll run down WWE salaries next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We'll pass out $1,000 here momentarily. I, um, I'm going to have to calm Fantone down. All right, here we go. Because we're about to talk big-time wrestling is what my dad <laughs> used to call it. Oh, yeah, baby. And uh, this is salaries of, like, the top 20... WWE stars. Now, this is yearly salary. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not because some of these guys are in movies. Some of them do other things off on the side. This is WWE salary. Here's your check, right? Okay. I wonder where No Shame Jimmy Shane lands on this OCW Heavyweight Champion right there. Owes money. <laughs> You should be ashamed. money. There's plenty of shame. I say it all the time. Plenty of shame that kid should be feeling. He just doesn't feel any of it. So some of these guys I know. Some of them I don't because I, well, I'm 
Well, I got pubes. You know what I mean? So, like, the WWE, not my thing. Let me tell you about Star Wars. <laughs> and video games and all other non-pube activities. Yeah, I just don't get this stuff, right? But these dudes are raking in the dough. Now, some of these I'm not surprised about at all, but there are big, huge names in this business that are being, I think, underpaid. All right? But we'll just, let's run down this list. Samoa Joe is about eight hundred grand a year. He comes in at number 20. Yeah, Samoa Joe, um, a mid-carter, but definitely one of the guys that has the capabilities to kind of step up, so that seems about right to him. The Big Show, 850000 per year. I would have thought more. He's been in there a little while. One of the bi- I thought he was one of the bigger stars. I don't know much. Hey, once you get old, I think that's when it starts to decline for you. And they're not. How many shows are you wrestling in? Yeah, I was gonna say they're that's not. Fair. They're not like uh, like the NBA or the MLB, where like as you get older, you're necessarily gonna start making more. They're gonna be like, no, dude, you're not worth as much to us anymore. Yeah. Kane's making around nine hundred thousand. He came in at eighteen. Jinder Mahal, am I saying that right? Correct. Nine hundred thousand. Correct. Finn Balor, number 16 there, about a million a year. The demon Finn Balor right there. Jeff Hardy's making a million a year. Sheamus making a million a year. Bray Wyatt's making a million a year. Now is Bray Wyatt, do I remember this right? Is this the guy with the goddamn lantern? Oh, yeah, dude, and the fireflies. Everyone gets their phone out and starts, you know, doing that. He's teamed up with uh, with, with Woke and Matt, Harley right, or Matt Hardy right now. What a smart way to incorporate people you wanting to use their cell phones constantly at things. I didn't even think about but yeah. that was smart. Yeah, I mean, like, I know it used to be like, hey, put your lighters in the sky. That's just not the way it goes anymore, anymore. dude. Nobody smokes. I remember I saw the Foo Fighters and Weezer at CSU, and this was just as like flip phones were like moving out and everybody was getting smartphones. And I remember everybody lifting up their phone versus a lighter. And I remember looking at my girlfriend and going, I'm old. Like, this is like, I don't, I don't recognize this. This isn't the way concerts were when I was a kid. This is weird. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, let's be real. Holding your vape pen in the sky just wouldn't make any sense. Dude. Makes no sense. You're not gonna, you're gonna do that. Shh, don't make fun of the vapes. Shh, don't say anything. People get about mad at us. They will get mad. Dolph Ziggler makes about a million and a half dollars a year. Cleveland's own right there. Yeah, that's right, right? Kevin Owens is doing He's pulling around $2 million a year. These are WWE salaries. Dean Ambrose, $2 million a year. The Undertaker's only making $2.5 million. Now, again, he's getting older there, right? You're only going out there three times a year. You know what I'm saying? This is the one that I was surprised about. Because not only is he a wrestler, but he's in the first family of this stuff now. And he's been an executive for the brand. Why is Triple H coming in at number eight, only making two and a half million dollars a year? The Miz is number seven at two and a half million. Why is the Miz making the same money as Triple H? Because Miz is going out there every week. Triple H is probably four time a year performer at the most. And with that being said, that's probably just his in ring salary. I would assume his CEO salary okay, is going enough. to be in a different in a All different right. stratosphere. You're though. probably right. That's probably just wrestling salary. Seth Rollins. Three million a year. AJ Styles, three and a half million a year. We'll do the top four now. Randy Orton, number four, at four and a half million dollars a year. I barely know who Randy Orton is. He could be walking down the hallway right now, would have no idea. The Viper, Randy Orton, right there. Yeah, I didn't know that. RKO out of nowhere! Roman Reigns came in at number three at $5 million a year. Now, Roman Reigns is the guy who looks like he should be in Game of Thrones and got suspended over uh, the PEDs, right? Or uh, some yeah. drugs, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he totally does look like he should be in Game of Thrones. He should be a Dothraki. He does look like one of those guys, right? Number two. I won't ask Fantone to guess because I bet he already knows. I'm sure he read this two days ago. John Cena 
is the second highest paid WWE star coming in at $8.5 million. Now, this is where I would have been perplexed. As a, much like you with Star Wars, I know a little bit about the WWE, but don't know the inner workings of it. If you would have said to me, this morning, Stansbury, who is the highest paid WWE performer, I would have said John Cena running away with it. Because... As a guy who doesn't watch this stuff, he feels like a brand you know about. You constantly hear about. A lot of the, like, the reality shows are based around him. And he's a good dude who's in uh, been in other movies. He's a draw, John Cena. Yeah, he's on the Today Show. He's doing all that all that stuff. No question about it. He, um, he puts the work in. He learned Mandarin Chinese because they were going to China for a tour. And he was like, no, I want to be able to talk to these fans. The dude's dedicated to the game. Uh, you know, he makes my, you know, my Mount Rushmore of greatest Americans ever. But, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Dude, you're... Wait, well, hold on a second. You got four I got Americans? Four. I got four. They're all men, but I got four. Uh, you got Abraham Lincoln. You've got Martin Luther King Jr. You've got John Cena and LeBron James. All four of them going up on, this, on, this, on, the, on, the, on the mountain for me. How dare you disgrace those other three men? <laughs> Dude, Cena has granted more make-a-wishes than anyone on the face of the planet. 16-time heavyweight champion of the world. What else do you want from the man? Well, LeBron's investing in kids who will still... Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Stop it. Never Stop mind. It. All right, I... I would have never guessed this. And he is a big star. This is the number one WWE salary. I would have never guessed this. I also find it, I think it's interesting, not a single one of the divas is on this list or the women who wrestle. Dude, the discrepancy between, Ronda Rousey getting paid a million and a half, but the discrepancy between like, yeah, between like a woman who's competing for a championship, like Charlotte Flair, $500,000, and a dude who's just in WWE, like Zack Ryder, $400,000, it's crazy. There is a real, real gap there. There's 100%. Hmm. I don't believe there's there's a wage gap in every industry the way people like to sell you, but it does sound like there's one here. There's one in the women's for sure, or WWE for sure. Brock Lesnar is your number one highest paid WWE performer at $12 million a year. Now, I get Brock's a big draw. He's a big draw for the UFC, Huge. too, right? Big draw. Is he $4 million more of a draw than John Cena? Well, and you got to think, too. Cena's out there, for the most part, on a weekly basis. I mean, sometimes he'll be gone for a while because he's filming Total Divas or he's making a movie or doing, you know, the Today Show or whatever. Um, but Lesnar, six-time-a-year in-ring performer? I mean, what? six, maybe? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, doesn't the Lesnar, doesn't that fly in the face of what we were saying about some of these other wrestlers? I think that if you, and, and really, Brock Lesnar is a big enough draw there where, like, Brock Lesnar, the only dude on the face of the planet who gets to wear Jimmy John's gear like when he goes out there on his trunks. Nowhere, No other wrestler, if they said, yo, Vince, McDonald's is cutting me off $500,000. All I got to do is wear a Mickey D's shirt out there. Vince would be like, dude, get the hell out of here. What are you talking about? But Brock Lesnar has enough power, enough star power, enough drawing ability where he's like, dude, either give this to me and give me what I want or I'm leaving and they keep giving him what he wants. Weren't you telling me that John Cena also gets like, what, 5% of his of his merchandise? They, they all get a cut of sales. Obviously, the more popular you are, the more you're going to make. But Cena, um, is is he gets a higher percentage than a vast majority of other dudes. Everyone else is like, dude, here's your here's your here's your crumbs off of this. Guys like Cena, you're going to write that into your contract though. And, if you, and I think he has main events clauses where it's like, 
if I'm in a match, that's one thing. If I'm main eventing WrestleMania, you have to pay me more for that. But like, even with all those things being said, dude, we're talking $12 million a year for your biggest superstars. $20 million between your two biggest, John Cena and Brock Lesnar. $20 million a year? Look at what pro sports teams spend. And those dudes are out there 16 weeks out of the year for an NFL team or, or you know what I'm saying? And you have offseason. There is no offseason in the, in the WWE. There's 52 weeks a year those guys are out there doing this. And, dude, that's a bargain. You know I mean, what? a bargain. I didn't put it through that filter. But if you're Vince, you're laughing all the way to the bank. $900,000? Here you go. You work 52 weeks out of the year and I get to make millions upon millions of dollars off of you? And I get to ruin your body, dude, watch you die early. Dude, he's the best, man. Vince McMahon, there's a lot of things you can say about him and the way that things get ran and like, well, is this moral or whatever? But the dude, I mean, just an H-U-S-T-L-E hustler, dude. The guy gets it done. Yeah, I mean, he knows his business. He does. He know. I mean, he inherited this thing from his dad, yeah. right? And it was just like this thing that would show up in school gyms. And before you knew it, he was the one that turned it into what it is. Yeah, I mean, when he, you know, and if you haven't seen it yet, you really should watch that Andre the Giant documentary because it gives a good perspective of like how did it. that, how did that all come to be? Um, but yeah, it went from regional into a worldwide phenomenon. It is, it is, it is officially at this point. Its stocks are selling for higher than they've ever sold before. They're making a ton of money. And like, I don't know, like I said, you can knock the guy for a million different things, but he gets it done. When is Ronda's debut? Uh, She had her WrestleMania debut um, in a tag team match, but her first match, like a one-on-one, is going to be at Money in the Bank. And I think that's two weeks from Sunday or three weeks from Sunday. I would have thought they would have just paid her five million a year out of the gate. I think it's like I think it was like two or one and a half or two or something like but that. I didn't know the numbers. And if you're only paying Brock or I'm sorry, John Cena eight and a half million, why the hell are you going to give Ronda five? I mean, look at look at look at upper you know tier NBA guys. And I mean, we'll take LeBron out of the equation. But Tristan dude, Thompson's a hundred million dollar man over five years. Those guys are making twenty million dollars a year, twenty five million dollars a year. Kevin Love probably making twenty five million dollars a year. And it's like, dude, Brock Lesnar for twelve? That's a bargain, man. All right, now that we depressed you about money, here's your shot at a thousand dollars. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online for you at WRQK.com. A little earlier this hour, we were talking about... Actually, it was late last hour. We were talking about how there's going to be a spinoff for Star Wars, Orlando Calrissian movies coming out. And I said, you know, with Solo coming out a week from tomorrow, um, you got to tip your hat to the Avengers. It just doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie's coming out. Like, the anticipation just feels dampened somehow. Even as Star Wars' huge franchise and Han Solo, obviously, huge character of that franchise, and the the the, the real passion that, belo- that exists within Star Wars fans, it's just not going to catch what the Avengers did. I mean, that was at a billion dollars in two weeks. The crazy numbers that that's it's not up. doing that. It's it just, it's, it, it's almost impossible for it to, it would have to be a really, it would have to be a great movie. I think to catch those numbers. I do, however, have a friendly bet with a, with a listener of ours via Twitter. Who's okay. he thinks that Deadpool two does bigger numbers than solo. No, no, I think solo will be the second highest grossing movie behind the Avengers. I think once it comes out and that it'll start to, the anticipation will be there again. But like, 
even when, when Rogue One, even The Last Jedi, like it felt like everywhere you turned, it was like Star Wars characters were on water bottles, they were on fruit at the store, and it just doesn't feel like that with Solo. So I could be wrong, maybe Deadpool's going to kill it, I don't see it. I, I, I think you got a 40-year history with Star Wars, and Deadpool's been hot for a year and a half. And it was a comic nobody read. I mean, it, I mean like, let's be honest. I mean, the Avengers, were, th- those characters were more widely acceptable. If it weren't for Ryan Reynolds, that Deadpool movie would have flopped. No, I know he's in the second, so that's going to help it. That movie would have flopped without Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool Worldwide Box Office, the first one, just over $750 million. Worldwide Box Office of The Last Jedi, just over a billion, so about $250 million more, which is a... Uh, not, I mean, not as much as I would have thought. Right, right, right. I mean, over, but like, I mean, $1.2 billion, so... I, I would have thought there would have been more separation in those two things, so maybe he's right. Maybe he is right. Maybe that will happen. Interesting. We have uh, this here. And you hear this a lot, adopt, don't shop, right? And I don't know who's right, because my whole thing is, dude, the animals are alive. Right. So like, I, you know, I mean, like it's still, an, it's still an animal that's alive and I would like to see it in somebody's home. Yeah. I think the, 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 the counter to that is if you stopped buying from breeders, they would stop breeding the dogs. Right. You and know? I'm sure there's, and I'm sure there's an argument in there. I just don't know ultimately who's right. At the end of the day, I want a dog. Somebody's got a dog. I'm getting a dog. Right. But a Stark County woman has made a list of what they're saying again now. For Humane Society of the United States list of 100 problem puppy mills and dog sellers. This I'm getting from Cleveland19.com. Suzanne Fitzgerald is the owner, they say here, of Whiskers, Wings, and Wild Things that's in Canton, Ohio. Back in 2016, the Ohio Department of Agriculture confirms her commercial breeder license revoked for performing veterinary procedures without a veterinary license. Wow, yeah, that's not good. That's bad. You don't want to be doing that. That's bad. Now, 19 News obtained an undercover video from the Humane Society of the United States where Suzanne Fitzgerald is seen earlier this month talking about the dog she breeds and what's available for purchase. She says in the video that uh, she has puppies under eight weeks of age that aren't ready for sale yet, but older puppies are currently available at her store. She's accused of being a high-volume breeder with dogs producing nine litters with at least 60 puppies a year. Now, I don't know what's excessive for dogs and breeding. Like, I just don't know. I'm, I'm dog ignorant this way. I guess they've received multiple complaints about her, but during recent inspection and spot checks, there hasn't been any evidence of high-volume breeding, which I guess that's good for her. But according to the Humane Society of the United States, their undercover buyer purchased a puppy from her old-fashioned pet shop for $800. The puppy came with inadequate medical records. There was no mention of who the administering veterinarian was. Most of the medical records have had uh, several blank entries, which that's not good, right? I mean, the paperwork should be... You should fill out the paperwork properly. Apparently, the dog is continuously vomiting and has diarrhea, so something's wrong with the dog, they're saying. They spoke with Cleveland 19 did with Susan Fitzgerald at the kennel. She told them she spoke with the vet and the dog checked out completely normal. But according to their doctor, Dr. Gonzalez, it's not true. Says there was no conversation. According to the Ohio Department of Agriculture, Fitzgerald pulled the dogs from her store, Whiskers, Wings, and Wild Things last week and started selling the pups from her home, uh, her home kennel, sorry, which is here in Canton, Ohio. Now the ODA says that's fine, but somehow she needs to be able to come. Um, 
and show licensed pet shop under these new guidelines. Uh, that legislation passed last year, but it went into effect May 14th of this year, so three days ago. This stuff angers people. Like, this is one of those things, like I said, I don't know who's right. You know what I mean? But, like, I have friends who work for the Humane Society, and they're always on me when they hear me talk about getting a dog. They're like, dude, whatever you do, adopt a dog. And I will admit that some of the arguments they give me, it does sound like that's what I probably should do. But I don't feel so strongly about it that I got to demonize somebody else for where they got a dog. I mean, sometimes aren't you just at the end of the day, you just want a dog in your house and you want your daughter or your son to have the dog they want? I was going to say, is it really so wrong to want a specific dog for specific traits? Like, I understand, like, hey, you could go save this dog that's, you know, about to die in the in the pound. But it's like, no, I want a small dog that looks like this, that acts like this. I know that seems like, oh my God, but what about the dog in the pound? And it's like, well, I don't want that dog in the pound. My ex Kim and I got one of those Beagle Pug mixes, a Puggle, when we were together. And I was doing afternoons then. And we got it at some, like a like a pet store is where we got it. And it cost a ton of money. That dog cost me like $1,100. Something crazy. And I went on the air and I told people that's what we did. And like in that back then it wasn't social media, it was email. And dude, my email was filled with people saying awful things to me. And I was just like, I just my girlfriend wanted a dog. Right. I just I didn't this know. Dog, I don't right. know what to do. She wanted that dog. What do I do? I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure the response was, we'll just go get one from the pound. And it's like, well, I don't necessarily want some old dog from the pound. And I know people are ready to kill me for saying that. Yeah, I want that. a dog with two eyes. Um, I know people are, people, people are furious over that. It, to me, this really boils down to most other things I think about animals where it's like, I don't want animals to needlessly suffer. I don't. But at the end of the day, I'm top of the food chain and like... Thumbs, bitch. Yeah. Thumbs. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. That's the way it goes. More Sansbury Show next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You may hear about this in the next few minutes if you haven't already. It is official, they're saying. A league source will make it official a little later this afternoon. The, your Cleveland Browns will be featured on... On HBO's Hard Knocks, I wish I had. I wish I had HBO still. To be honest with you, dude, don't cut the cord. It sucks. I, uh, <laughs> dude, I mean, the money's good. Like saving the money has been great. And if I could get my boss to move just a little bit, I would get cable again. But I, uh, I got a couple of things here. I think access into teams has been growing and growing and growing over the last few years. I wouldn't oh, yeah. necessarily worry about that angle of it. Um, it's an entertaining show. I don't know how many teams have been on it. I know I watched the Ravens season, the Bengals season, and the Cowboys season when they all did it. Um, it's an interesting show. But if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I don't like this. And I don't know why you did it. And here's, and, and here's one reason. All this is going to do, all that will happen... What do you think those cameras are going to be walking around looking at? You think they're going to be following Nick Chubb around? No. You think they're going to be... This is all going to be Baker, 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 Baker. This is just going to create an even bigger version of the quarterback controversy we already have, and it's going to make the 500 section scream for Baker Mayfield week one. 
Interesting to know. I didn't know 2001 was the first Hard Knock series. Yeah. So that's been, I mean, 20 years we're talking yeah. about at this point. That's a long-ass time. For, I believe you know. it was the Baltimore Ravens was the first uh-huh. team, and Todd Haley, who's are no longer in the league anymore, it was his rookie season as a tight end. It um wow so the, I mean like wow yeah. dude like entire yeah. careers have coming on inside of the, the the tenure of hard knocks exactly right um you're right when you said that access into teams are more and more you have so much more of it now like people are like well there's gonna be cameras all over the locker room and it's like well, there's cameras all over the locker room anyway like if you if you don't if you don't think that the Browns there's not a camera literally you know what I'm saying and I'm not even saying like cameras in the ceiling I'm saying like literally there's cameras filming these guys everywhere that they do well not only that but players walk around now videotaping themselves with their cell phone so what's the difference I agree with you that there will be a little bit of fan you know it's oh, good. dude, the minute a, a Cleveland Browns fan sees Baker Mayfield in practice throw a dime on the numbers, people, dude, I'm telling you, they're going to start screaming for this kid. And much like Deshaun Kaiser, we're going to scream for the Rook, and we're going to play the Rook before we should. This is another great example of, or an opportunity, I guess, for Baker Mayfield to really prove that he is different than what we thought he was. That is true. It'll be interesting to see how he acts around these cameras. That's It'll true. be interesting to see how this affects his sense of who I am and and what my my, my opportunity and my, my role is here. Um, I hope this all turns out well for the Browns. I'm not panicking of like, oh my gosh, it's going to bring the whole team down. I know, but I don't there, think there's definitely potential for issues. Like, there's definitely potential for like Baker Mayfield gets a big head and thinks that well, HBO's following me now, and I I, I, I can see it. I feel better about this with Baker Mayfield than I would have with Johnny Manziel. Oh. God, yes, dude. God, yes. I don't worry about Baker Mayfield. I'm not worried about the camera crews with Baker Mayfield. That's not. I'm not worried about Baker at all. I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you who are listening about seeing Baker Mayfield in controlled environments and making throws, and then you go and see. That's what we got. And dude, I'm telling you, Baker. they are gonna exactly. Baker. Baker. They are going to rush. I have said since they drafted him, it's week six and that kid is on the field. And I think that's early. I But there are people who tell me he's going to compete for the for the starting job day one. Now, I know Hugh came out and said, no, 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 Tyrod Taylor's the starter. Which, by the way, naming a starter before you've been to camp, unless you have a return starter like Roethlisberger, Matt Stafford, Brady, if you have an established quarterback, then yeah, you don't even have to name your starter. Everybody knows who it is. Naming a starter before you've been to camp, I think is crazy. But again, you're going with a guy who's played in the league a few years, Tyrod Taylor versus Baker Mayfield. All this is go- all hard knocks will do is going to escalate the quarterback controversy in this town, and I don't understand why the Browns would welcome that in. Also, does the rest of the league, their fans find it interesting to watch a team that went 0-16 practice? The only reason I say yes is because this is the opportunity for the turnaround. You know what I'm saying? People love a rock-bottom bounce back, and the Browns have the opportunity to do that. But, dude, if, if I live out in Arizona, am I sitting there every 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 Tuesday Watching night this? waiting at 9 o'clock for HBO to fire up Hard Knocks? Hell no, I'm not. No. Hell no, I'm not. Now, I should say this on the air because I said it on Twitter this morning. (laughs) And as we're talking about the Browns, let me do this. Okay, here we go. Our good buddy, Dustin, Mm -hmm. 
swears the Browns are going to have a road playoff game this year. Now, it should be pointed out, he swore to me it was going to happen last year. Too. Okay. <laughs> you can follow our buddy Dustin on Twitter at DKUHN1980. But he's been on me about the roadie. The roadie, the roadie, the roadie. We're having a roadie. The roadie's going to happen. The roadie. So here's what I've said on Twitter this morning, and I am going to say it over the air, and I want people to hold me to my word. I try to be a man of my word. If you're Cleveland Browns, make a road play. I can't even say it. <laughs> if, they make a, if they make a road playoff game, I, Daniel John Stansberry, will be buying tickets for myself, Matt Fantone, and our buddy Dustin. I will buy the tickets to said game. I will buy the hotel for us and the beers at the stadium. <laughs> all on your boy right here. All three of us at the roadie. Bro, you might as well say, and we, you're going to give us all a million dollars, and you're going to give it. You know what I'm like? No, we don't have to worry about this because it's not going to happen. I'm being told that the Browns didn't want this show. They have no choice in the matter. The NFL can just tell you. You're, I guess they could, right? I do not know. I do not know what the what the procedure is. What uh... Charles is tweeting that and telling me that the Browns didn't have a choice in that. I didn't know that. Now, when you say the Browns, are we talking about like Hugh Jackson said, "Hey, I don't want this distraction," but Jimmy Haslam's like, "Well, dude, I don't care what you want. This is Fair. exposure." That, that, you know? I guess that could have been it. We'll talk to Mark Munch, Bishop Munch on sports tomorrow at seven o'clock about all of this. Yeah. Also, uh, look ahead at Game Three Eastern Conference Finals. Munch is on loan to us from Fox Sports thirteen fifty, where you can hear him every afternoon at three. Also, everywhere on the free iHeartRadio app. Again tomorrow nine o'clock. Uh, Canton Police Officer Lamar Sharp will be in the studio nine a.m. He'll join us tomorrow as well. Aside from that, we're done. Teresa will get you hooked up with a thousand dollars ten ten this morning. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9.